are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Welcome back to the Way of Healing. How are you? I'm Casey. I'm OJ. Today we have special guest. OJ, who do we have today? Fern. Hi, Fern. Fern. Hi. <laughs> so excited to be here. Yeah. How the, fortuitous, right? Oh yeah. The synchronicity involved in this this particular recording is amazing. All of them are, but for an Olivia, do you want to tell us how our worlds collided so so serendipitously? Yeah. So OJ reached out to me on Instagram a couple days ago, actually, about this podcast and an opportunity. He said, when you come to LA next, would you like to record? And I said, well, actually, I'm going to be in LA on a layover coming from Sacramento, coming from Grass Valley, California, mm. flying back home to Costa Rica. I literally will be in town for less than 24 hours. So how about before I go back to the airport? And um, here we are sitting here, synchronicity. Yeah. And I met Fern a couple of years ago at the previous place I was working at and we kind of ran into each other and uh, we did an interview recently with Aishel. Mm, I love her. Yeah, she's mm. so cool. And New Aish- mama. Congrats, yeah. Aishel. Aishel. Yeah. And we did an interview with her and with... Uh, Alexander. Alexander. Oh, love them Sorry, both. Alex. Uh, and after we finished her, she's like, oh, I have this person and this person and this person. And you were one of the people that came up. Oh, so. thank you, Michelle. I know I know them from way back. Alexander, actually, I met him in New York City when he uh, was still in real estate. So he was in his past life. Oh, wow. And I was his yoga teacher. No way. We did private sessions and he started transforming. And then he came on a retreat, one of the retreats I led in California. And it was around that time when he was quitting his job in finance. And he hadn't started his plant medicine journey yet or his sound healing journey yet. He was fresh. He was fresh into this spiritual, (laughs) holistic world. And I've watched him over the last probably seven years completely make this new, you know, coming into like who he really is as a true healer. And he's fantastic. And then I met Aishel and I was like, this is a match made in divine destiny. Oh, yeah. Wow. Definitely a power couple. Love them. So, I, And actually, when I was in town a couple weeks ago, I went to their house in Venice and we, the three of us, had a powerful meditation and Kundalini class right right before Aishel was due. So that was super beautiful. I love them. Nice. Yeah. What a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, this yeah. community and this way that we are all able to inspire and co-create together. You never know where, where we meet again, just like, how we had met in your previous job. It's it's amazing how we have these connections and and one you know all of a sudden we make alchemy. It's yeah. Really cool. You know it's funny. Last night Phil called me too. Oh, he's an amazing sound artist too. Yeah. yeah I didn't mm. talk to. We missed each other, but he called me and I was like, "Oh, funny, you called me out of nowhere, and we're seeing Fern tomorrow." So wow, and that's the reason I how I started going to that that place for sessions. Wow. Yeah. How cool. Cool. So you do a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Bioengineering? Yeah. I, so former biomedical engineer, that was my one of my past lives. I studied biomedical engineering in college at mm-hmm. Syracuse University, got my degree in biomedical engineering, studied electrical and chemical and all those things. And uh, I did that for my undergrad, thinking that I was going to help develop prosthetics and devices to help children that for example, couldn't run, couldn't walk. I worked a lot with equine therapy and horses and I loved that. But I was really disgruntled by the medical field because 
I have an autoimmune thyroid condition and everything was about let's fix it, let's fix it rather than how do we understand the root cause. Right. And in engineering, I was I wanted to create more healing, more of heart-centered work. And it wasn't like that. It was very mechanical. It was very mathematical. And I can do math till the cows come home. I'm hmm. great. Though it's not, I love to be creative and I love to understand the soul in work and to understand the spiritual reasons for dis-ease and why people have chronic illness and mystery illness. So, and I didn't know any of these words and terminology at the time. I just knew that it wasn't aligned with my soul. And so I studied the engineering and I feel like that gave me an amazing basis for being able to create things and solve things. But now I'm so in this heart place. I always knew I wanted to be a healer. Yeah. And it kind of gave you the scientific background as to why mm -hmm. what you're doing is working. So what came first? Was it the Kundalini or the thyroid? yoga mm. that you created? Thyroid yoga was first. So thyroid yoga is my method of yoga that I created back in 2013. I was living in New York City and I was working in finance. So I graduated from Syracuse with engineering and all the banks were like, wow, she's an engineer. She can fix all our problems. <laughs> so I was hired to do a lot of risk analysis and trade support and policy creation. And at that time I got really sick because I was working very long hours in a very sterile fluorescent lights, lots of computer screens, carpets, allergies, all the subway. It was just very stressful on my that adrenals. Awful. Awful. I don't know if you're listening to this and that's part of your life. I encourage you to give it a thought on how you can create a more healthy, sustainable life. Because mm -hmm. what that did was got, I was sick. I worked in banking for eight years. And during that time, I fainted in the subway. I I felt shattered. I, I went to a hospital where, you know, it was in the emergency room and I just saw the conditions of of people and every, it was just, it tore me apart. So thyroid yoga was created out of this rock bottom feeling I had with my health and knowing that there's another way. And yoga found me on a lunch break when I was working in finance and I didn't know what yoga was. I thought it was stretching. I thought it was this way to just have a break day from running and boot camp. And what I found was that it was a way of compassion for myself and kindness for myself. And my teacher, Donna Lynn, she's in New York City. She put her hands on my lower back and I felt safe. And it was the first time that someone was just like offering me that like sweet touch. I wasn't getting wrist massages. You know, the only touch I was getting was in a sexual way and in a relationship that wasn't aligned with my soul. So I was going through a lot emotionally and yoga was a safe, calming place. And I fell in love with that and then started on my own path, figuring out holistic nutrition and Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, how all these modalities could weave with yoga and create a unique healing for myself. And then also I started seeing clients. People naturally just came into my life. They were seeing how I was healing from a thyroid condition, an autoimmune thyroid condition called Hashimoto's. And people were seeing, wow, I have that too, or my mom has that, or you need to talk to my friend. So I was creating all these individual programs for mostly women that had thyroid conditions. Mm -hmm. And from there, thyroid yoga was birthed. And then Kundalini came next. That was years later after I discovered the practice and the healing power of mantra, sound current, breath work, Kundalini, asana, the sequences are just, wow, they're life-changing. So and that's the journey I'm on now is even more Kundalini work because I know how powerful the technology is and there's starting to be more medical research. Mm -hmm. around the power of kundalini yoga and the specific kriyas, which are the specific sequences, which is so amazing that now science and medicine and holistic practices like yoga can really, they can work together. This is cool. Mm, this is cool. Um, Fern, for our listeners who are familiar with thyroid conditions, it seems to be something of an epidemic these days. It's like everyone 
I talk to know somebody that has a thyroid condition, a hyperthyroid, hypothyroid, Hashimoto's. Can you talk to us a little bit about what thyroid is, what it does in the body and what, when it gets out of balance, like just Walk us through that. Absolutely. So everyone has a thyroid. It's interesting because I taught a yoga class at a retreat recently and there were five men in the class. And my friend was like, wait, there's men in the class. I'm like, yeah, men have thyroids too. So <laughs> Men get Hashimoto's. But men get Hashimoto's. Yeah. Women find out about it more because women are the ones who are like, oh my gosh, I'm gaining weight. My metabolism's really slow. I've got, you know, I'm losing my hair. I'm losing my moon cycle or menstrual cycle. You know, women are very attuned to their bodies in ways. And sometimes they'll notice a symptom that sometimes a man wouldn't. So more women are technically diagnosed though so many men have a thyroid condition too, and a lot of times athletes as well, and it pairs with adrenal fatigue. So thyroid, it's located in in the the gland of the throat, and it's a butterfly shape. And what it does is it regulates your metabolism, your sex drive, your skin, your hair, fertility, basically every body function. It's, It's known as like an engine in your body. And when the thyroid it's out of balance. It's like a check engine light that goes on. It's like beep, beep, beep. So what most people don't realize and what most doctors in the Western allopathic medical world don't realize is that, or they don't talk about, it's not the thyroid's fault. You're not broken. Your thyroid's the engine light. And it's basically like something in the body isn't working. Pay attention to me now. Otherwise it's going to cause a cascade of other symptoms. And so a lot of times in the allopathic medical world, they're diagnosing, oh, you have a problem with your heart. You have a problem with your liver. You have a problem with this or that or diabetes or whatever. And they they are missing the fact that there's something root deeper. So there's different types of thyroid conditions. There's underactive, which is hypothyroidism. And then the autoimmune form is Hashimoto's. Then there's hyperthyroid, which is the overactive. And then there's Graves' disease, which is the autoimmune form of that. Then there's also thyroid cancer. There's there's so many different diseases, but the root cause generally is based in the digestive system, in the gut, in the microbiome, and then also um, in the liver. So if you're familiar with medical mediums work, I'm a huge fan of his work. And all disease in the body is generally caused by digestion, by poor elimination. So what I work on with my clients is figuring out spiritual as well, but then also where are you not eliminating? And then what's going on in your liver? Are there heavy metals? Are there parasites? And parasites can be anywhere in the body, not just the liver. And it's really fascinating because I can go deep into cleansing. The cleansing is one of the best things to look at for a thyroid condition because there's generally some sort of stagnation in the body and the check engine light is like, figure out where this stagnation is. Where are you not speaking up in your life? What in your life is out of alignment? What are you not digesting physically, emotionally, spiritually, and really looking at the body as a whole? Hmm. Yeah, that's coming up a lot lately. Recently, we had um, Ayurvedic practitioner, DCM practitioner. Um, A lot of issues are coming from the gut. Not only thyroid issues, but a whole bunch of other issues. All this stuff going on in the in the uh, in the gut is super important to keeping your body healthy. Yeah, they say the gut is the second brain. It is the second brain, mm-hmm. and I've I've recently realized that in my own life too, because I wasn't connected to my second brain, or in Chinese medicine known as the Dantian. Mm-hmm. I'm the first one in my family 
in my lineage who's connecting to that. And I found that out during a peyote ceremony. It's my first time with plant medicine. And I was always like, ah, oh, you know, I, it, I don't believe in it. I can just do kundalini yoga forever and get into that same spiritual place. And what I realized in that ceremony, which was so powerful, was my ancestors were telling me, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're the first one who's awakening your your second brain. And I was burping the whole time. It was so uncomfortable. And I still have a lot of digestive stuff. I'm pulling out stuff from lineages and lineages and karmas and all of this that I'm awakening. So it's a process. And through this process, it's healed my thyroid. I no longer take medication ever since I moved to Costa Rica. And that is because I really, I really nourish my second brain and I'm tapped into my intuition. Like I'm so tapped into it. And that was something that was so foggy to me when I lived in the cities and when I was just doing the mechanical robotic chores of daily life. Hmm. Can you tell us about your move to Costa Rica? Of course. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I was living in New York for eight years and then, well, I was, I'm not only eight years old, but I, after college, <laughs> people are like, wait, you only lived there for eight years? No, no. After college, I lived in, I'm from New York too. So I lived in New York City for eight years after college, worked in finance, started my company there. Then I lived in LA for two years and then now it's coming to my two-year mark in Costa Rica, which is so exciting. So I was in LA, loving my life, you know, doing what I did, having clients all over town and hiking in Malibu. I didn't want to leave. I was pretty happy. And though I was stressed, a little bit stressed, just because as an entrepreneur and a healer, you know, you're just, you, you got to make things work. Mm -hmm. And I had a house swap opportunity for Costa Rica. And at the time I was in an intuitive training, intuitive medical training. And I was like, I can't leave training right now. And I have all these clients. I can't do this, this house swap that my housemate at the time found. And a couple of days later, I was in intuitive healing class and my intuition was like, you have to go, you have to go. So I told my housemate, Hey, let's do it. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go to Burning Man and stay in India for a bit. You can do it if you'd like to. And just swap the house. And the couple that had the house in Costa Rica would come to my house. And then I would go to theirs for an entire month. And I knew nothing about Costa Rica or Nosara, which is where I live. I knew nothing about it, but my guides, my angels were like, yep, this is where you need to go. And so I get there, end up there. I invited a bunch of people. No one came with me, which was awesome because I had a month to myself. Mm -hmm. And it also my guides were like, you need this time. You're always with people. I'm the kind of person that I love to be with people. I love to connect. I love to help out. And then what happens is my inner child doesn't get nourished and talk to. So when I was there, my inner child was like, you play with everyone else. It's time to play with me. So I became the little forest fairy that I am. I was singing in the jungle and I was healing myself and giving myself Reiki and all the things that I'd love to do that in LA, I didn't really have as much time to do. And what I realized was that this is what would be my healing. And that was the most important thing in my life was to live a healthy, sustainable life and to be in nature and to walk barefoot and to sing to the trees and to give my body nourishing foods every day straight from the straight from the trees, straight from the earth. And that's why I stayed and I live there now. Amazing. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of your thyroid yoga? Because I'm assuming it's mm -hmm. nothing like it was when you first started doing That's it. so right. Yeah, I, I posted about that the other week. So I started thyroid yoga when I was studying more the traditional Hatha yoga lineage. And in the beginning, the thyroid yoga was based upon more of a Hatha tradition where there's a lot of movement. 
physical movement and sun salutations and these really complicated sequences with arm arm wraps and leg wraps. And it wasn't accessible to as many people. It worked for sure. It worked, though it kind of got frustrating for some people because they're like, my body can't do that. I feel too weak right now. I have so much brain fog. I can't think about these wrappings and all this. And I did have Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, which are still functions that I have within my method now, though the yoga has changed significantly. Now it's based more in the Kundalini yoga tradition because that's what I'm really focused on personally in my practice and I know it works. And also I'm finding out more and more sequences, kriyas, research around these specific kriyas and the different meridians and glandular function. So that's how thyroid yoga has really evolved is into more kundalini, more kundalini breath work and chanting. Because when you chant too, your tongue hits the upper palate of your mouth and stimulates the pineal gland and then releases the T3 and T4 hormones into your bloodstream and really helps nourish and calibrate your thyroid. So there's a whole medical research around sound current and chanting, which before wasn't in thyroid yoga as much in the beginning. So that's really evolved more into having the chanting and and some of those practices that are really powerful in kundalini yoga. And now it's evolving into more teacher trainings and one-on-one trainings where before I had kind of like a not one size fits all program because it's always been individualized, but in the beginning it was wasn't as custom and now I work with women one-on-one in my home in Costa Rica. They come and we do an individualized healing retreat, which is so fun to watch women transform in such a healing environment and in such a sacred safe space in my home. It's a womb, it's a container, it's so special. And then I do trainings online and mentorships online and and help teachers. The woman you just met that dropped me off today, dropped me off for the podcast. She is actually the master teacher in LA now. So I mentored her. She took a training, a group training with me in New York and then a private training with me in New York and then came to Costa Rica once for a group training with me. And then I mentored her as well. And now she teaches all around LA. She does workshops at Aloe Yoga and and other studios. And it's amazing to see how working one-on-one with someone and creating a safe space for them to have confidence and empower them through their own voice and their own story. She had thyroid cancer and now she's feeling, she feels amazing. This is her full-time job. So it's really cool to see that thyroid yoga can mold and shift with whoever's the practitioner, whoever's teaching. Yeah. If they're open to it. That's a, that has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious to know on your journey of blossoming into more of who you really are, was the choice to specialize something that you played around with? Like, were you not sure if you should specialize mm-hmm. because maybe that would limit your, your market or your audience. And then, so how was that? How did you make that choice for yourself? That's an amazing question. It was actually something I was really scared to do because thyroid yoga, I mean, I am the one who does that. So no, no one was doing it before. (laughs) It's weird to be like, I've made something up called thyroid yoga. And then people would always be like, what is that? Does it work? You know, it's, always having that fear of judgment. And then I was afraid to specialize. I was in, when I was in New York and LA, I did corporate yoga and, and all types, yoga for men, yoga for athletes, prenatal yoga. So I was kind of scared to give all that up because that, those were all revenue streams. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's important to have income. So I was afraid that if I specialized in thyroid yoga, that all of a sudden it would be like, you know, it wouldn't work. Everyone has the fear when they're doing what they love that what if it doesn't work? What if no one likes it? What if I get, you know, yeah, yeah, what if I get ridiculed? But it was the opposite because so many women were like, thank you so much because nothing like this exists. 
So that's what helped me keep going. It was a sin not to share my voice and not to share this practice with the world. And if people judge it and they're not open to it, that's okay. There's something else for them. And realizing that the people that are receptive to that type of healing, it's going to be exactly what they need. And I see it all the time. There's people who are super receptive and they've been looking for this for so long and they're so grateful. And I get emails pretty much daily, weekly about women with thyroid cancer that are saying, thank you so much because of this, I don't have to go through the intensive treatments that these doctors were going to give me, that I can heal my body with holistic methods. People have lowered their dosage and even gotten off thyroid medication just with thyroid yoga, which is amazing. They'll go to their doctor a couple weeks later and they'll get their test and the doctor's like, I'm so confused. You didn't go on medication and now your levels are normal. Mm. And for me, that's the biggest gift for people to feel empowered and for them to go to their doctor and actually prove that this works. So there's a woman in Florida, one of my... Teresia. She's amazing. She's a, a teacher. I trained in Florida and she's also a Kundalini teacher. And she actually teaches thyroid yoga at a university in Florida, which is a huge, I'm like, this is a huge win for our medical system. And she would like me to come there and, and teach. And she's going to start a focus group and, and figure out some research so students can have papers on thyroid yoga, which that's is amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Keep us updated on that. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Do you happen to know where in Florida or what university? It's Rollins College. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What a win. What a beautiful thing. It's a testament, right, mm. that that this work is happening on a deep level and science is nature, science is nature, science is nature. It's just a feedback loop, yeah. right? The science is just studying, observing what is and then documenting it. Mm-hmm. So it's very fitting that you come from a biomedical background, biomedical engineering background and you've brought what you've brought to light. So when people come to you in Costa Rica, is it, are you getting like Costa Ricans or other expats or are people coming to you from, you know, the States and how long is the programming usually? Tell us a little bit of what that might feel like. People are coming to me from out of Costa Rica. So the women that stay in my house are usually from, I've had one from Berlin, from Canada, United States, Australia, all over the world, South Africa. It's really fascinating. They find, you know, me from publications or podcasts or Instagram. And most of them I've never even met, never even talked to which is really cool. My website's fernolivia.com and nosarawellnessguide.com is my other one. I'll give you them in the show notes. And what's really awesome for me is that people just find me by synchronicity and trust that I can help them. And that's my ultimate goal, just holding space. And every client that comes is different. Every private retreat is different. Usually it's around a week to two weeks. Some stay in my home and some stay at a property across the street, a beautiful hotel across the street. And Every program is different, but the pillars of the program are thyroid yoga every day with kundalini yoga, sadhanas, which is a daily practice. I teach them Ayurveda and rituals for their health. We sometimes do juice cleansing or raw food cleansing. Uh, Sometimes there's a liver cleanse involved and enemas, and sometimes there's um, circuit training and movement involved. Sometimes there's there's always sound healing as an element. There's always Reiki. I give Reiki, and I also have an amazing practitioner, and we work together. So it's amazing to create this comprehensive healing program that involves the science and the medicine and and mother nature which is the perfect place I live right on the beach and we're barefoot and it's sunny and I'm just giving you all a visual here I don't know if you're in a cold place but it's kind of cold in LA right now I'm there 
Yeah, I'm, you're there. I'm there. You're there. And the sound healing, you hear the monkeys in the background too and the frogs. And it's just such a healing place. I mean, that's why I live there. And it's so fun to have people experience this. And a lot of people come back. I've had a couple repeats where they come a couple months later for another session, which is a dream come true for me because then they're already in their own pro- – they come home and they start to practice and they're already feeling healed. And then they come back and it's like the second boost and it's even more powerful. Hmm. <laughs> yes. You're like, okay. So are you there right now? Sign okay. me Back up. to LA. Sign me We're up. We're in Mar Vista. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of cloudy it's out. Gr- yeah, it's June gray. gloom. Yeah. There's no monkeys here. May gray, followed by June mm-hmm. gloom. Uh-huh. Welcome to LA. I'm not complaining. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> um, my parents are from Northern California and it's like 98 degrees today. So, whoa. Yeah, it was this nice up nice. in Grass Valley. Mm-hmm. It was so nice up there. Can you tell us what you were doing in Grass Valley? Yes. So I was in San Francisco studying with one of my teachers, Gurmukh, in Berkeley and then for Kundalini. And then I went up to, there's a friend of mine, she's in the training. She is a couple months pregnant now. So I went up to her house with her and her partner and I just got to relax in nature for a couple of days before coming back here. So I literally went to the river and- Yuba. Yuba River, exactly. Mm-hmm. Lay out naked and soaked up the sun. Oh, it was so oh, nice. Now, now you're getting- Yeah. Yes. I mean, you could do that in Costa Rica too. And it was so gorgeous with the sound of the water. It was so nice. It felt so cleansing after that whole week of training. And then- I shopped in Grass Valley, bought some cool new threads and vintage shoes and recycled fabrics, and it was fun. I went to a static dance, and here I am, (laughs) back in LA. Oh, I haven't visited Grass Valley yet, but I have a dear friend up there, a couple couple people that I know from the craniosacral world um, who live in Grass Valley. So I'm I'm curious to get up there. Taking a trip. Taking a trip. Or a yeah. cow trip. Yeah. We got to start, we got to put up our map and we got to start putting pins yes. in it like Carmen Sandiego. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I know it's thyroid yoga, but because it deals with the gut and mm. the energy there, have people come to you with other issues other than thyroid? Yeah, so many. Usually it's thyroid and something just because it's not just the thyroid, there's other symptoms. So a lot of people come to me for digestive concerns, whether it's constipation, bloating, stomach upset, gut issues where they know they have a parasite or something and they want to get their their microbiome balanced again. So I work a lot with that. I work with coffee enemas, enemas, um, raw food, juice cleansing, clearing out the body. And it's amazing what happens when we allow our body to have a chance to rest and reset rather than just constantly putting Mm -hmm. food in because our body doesn't feed as much as we think. But when we have something like a bacteria, a fungus, a parasite, those parasites, those elements are making us crave more and more and more because we need to feed them. And what that's doing is creating more and more inflammation, especially with poor food combining, and it's creating more upset in our body, more imbalance. So I work a lot with getting the body balanced and I am intuitive. So I'm able to kind of tap in and say, okay, I think you have a fungus. I think you have this. I feel, that's what I feel. And I feel it during Reiki. And then I work with other practitioners that can actually, you know, diagnose or do the testing, the comprehensive testing with someone. But ultimately, most people have bacteria, parasite, or fungus. So there's specific herbs like powder arco. There's, you know, black walnut. There's a bunch of other uh, supplements and herbs that can really help cleanse the body, regardless if you got actually tested and confirmed for a specific parasite. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, what are some of the common symptoms 
with, uh, thyroid. you mentioned some, but like getting pregnant is one of them as well. Yeah, miscarriages. So I've noticed a lot mm. of women with miscarriages have an undiagnosed thyroid condition or um, liver toxicity as well. So that's really sad and breaks my heart that, you know, so many women will have a miscarriage and be so upset and think it's their fault. It's not their fault. There's something happening deeper in the layers that wasn't looked at first. And so when women are trying to conceive, it's so important for them to clean their body so much first, Mm -hmm. so much. Because you can't, once you're pregnant, you can't cleanse. So you don't want these toxins to be released right back into the bloodstream. So before I had to do a liver flush, there's an amazing book, Andreas Morwitz, The Amazing Liver Flush. Check that out. It's really intense, but it's so healing for the body. I do liver flushes every couple months because I've had severe stomach irritability, leaky gut, inflammation, parasites from a young, young age. So it's so important for people, especially if you travel a lot too, if you've been out of the country, if you've even just eating a lot of meat. I ate a lot of meat as a child and I don't know what quality it was. It was, it was warmed up in the microwave and Chef Boyardee. So I don't know what that was. And, (laughs) you know, school lunches and things like that. Who knows what you're even eating? So most people have worms and parasites from early age childhood and they don't come out in, in one colonic. They don't come out in one enema. They don't come out in a juice cleanse. By gosh, they don't come out in a juice cleanse. So when you think you're cleansing the body, really you're just a lot of times just getting at the surface. And as much as I love juice cleanses, you can't expect to get amazing results unless you clear the colon and the, and the intestines first. Hmm. Is there an easy like Easy. Why? why I know that's a tricky word. It is tricky. Is there an approachable way for people that aren't able to get to you to look into that besides the book? Yes, yes, yes. Get that book, and then having regular colonics just to keep the body clear is amazing. You can buy a travel enema kit, which is amazing. My friends Foré, F-O-R-E-T, make you can buy it on Amazon. It's BPA-free, silicon. It's amazing. You can do that on your own. I'm a big advocate for keeping the body clean. And only having organic foods and having more plant-based lifestyle. And then also food combining is a big, big topic. In Ayurveda, there's food combining rules. And it's really important, first of all, to never have your fruit after a meal. This is one of the, like, the most basic things that I tell people. Is have your fruit on its own. And especially things like melons. You want watermelons and any melons in early day. Don't eat those later in the day once there's food in your belly. Because what the fruit is going to do is ferment if you haven't eaten it first. And if it starts to ferment, it's going to create this gas and it's going to create this mucus that the parasites and the worms and the other things are going to start to feed off of. And it'll create more of that candida, more of that mucus in your body. And so if you want to skip all the cleansing, great. Really important. Just know what foods to eat on their own, like fruits. And then also be careful about combining starches and fats together because that will create mucus. So as much as I love avocado toast, I know that that's a starch and a fat and that's not the best thing for my body. Same thing with bananas and almond butter. It tastes amazing, but it's not the best to combine in a smoothie together. It will create mucus. Once you have a really healthy digestive system, that won't be as much of a problem for you. But if you're really focused on cleansing and healing the gut, you want to make the digestive system as as effortless and clean as possible. Hmm. So could people Google food pairing, Ayurvedic yeah. food pairing? Yeah, food combining. And look mm-hmm. at the work at Dr. Eret and Dr. Morse. Can you spell Eret? E-H-R-E-T, I mm. think. He's one of the old school, and David Wolf is amazing too, one of the old school. Avocado um, Wolf? Yeah, <laughs> yeah amazing. So his work, 
Dr. Morse is really great, talks a lot about the, the fruitarian diet and food combining and Dr. Eret as well. And it's really, it's, it's really old work. It's not like this new, you know, this new brand new diet. It's been around for a long time and people are very, very healthy on these diets. Now, I wouldn't even say it's a diet. It's more of a lifestyle. They call it the natural hygiene and the mucus-free lifestyle. So you can look, you can Google that, mucus-free lifestyle. It's really awesome because a lot of people have mucus in their body, like an excess mucus in their body. And we can heal that really easy, just knowing food combining and changing the way that we're eating and how we're eating our food. It's so good that this education is getting out there. It's I'm familiar with food combining. And the tricky things for me is trying to talk to people about dessert, right? Mm. Because so much dessert includes fruit. Fruit and fat. And fat. Mm-hmm. And going to a restaurant is they, where people tend to have dessert. And they eat it after their meal. Right. It's so bad. And I'm like, how how can I present this in a way where people can still have something at the end of a meal, but mm. it is not detrimental to their digestion? I say a little bit of dark chocolate, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I crave after a meal, a little bit of dark chocolate. Just don't go excessive on it. Or a little, for me, what's nice is a little cacao tonic. Mm. Cacao and just simple coconut milk or almond milk. Warm it up really yummy. Just not fruit at the end of the meal. That's like the worst thing when I'm, I'm vegan. So I'll go to a restaurant and and the menu at the end is like all the desserts that have gluten and dairy and all the things. And they're like, oh, we could bring you some fruit, some berries. And I'm like, no, it's thoughtful, but that would be the worst right now. So it's just really interesting to just educate people in a really compassionate way because they just don't know a lot of the time. And, and maybe you're listening and you just haven't been aware of this. Just be really compassionate with yourself. And if you have fruit after a meal or you have a big dessert after your meal, it's okay. Just, you know, notice how you feel the next day. And then maybe you start to learn and, and change that, but it takes baby steps. Yeah, because a big part of healing is not having so much shame. Right. right? Oh. It's like we can have the information, but then when our lifestyle doesn't match what we know, mm-hmm. then there's that tendency to self-flatulate and shame. And then that keeps it worse, right? That holds yeah. the toxicity in the body. So the baby steps, like baby you say, steps. like like balanced, being balanced, knowing that, yeah, there are going to be times where you do go out to a restaurant and you do want to partake mm-hmm. Right or alcohol? Yeah. Do you find what do you? I what do you personally don't that? drink. I I found that that just made a lot of brain fog and tired feelings and inflammation in my body. So I'm alcohol free and I have been since I moved to Costa Rica. Same with plant based. Before Costa Rica, I I ate animal protein, and when I moved into the earth, like literally living in the earth, it just didn't resonate with my body anymore. And I realized that. And same with coffee, it just doesn't work for me. It makes me really gassy. So. Everyone is individual. And I think that regardless of whether you drink or whether you eat animal protein or not, or whether you have caffeine or not, seeing what works for you and asking yourself, why do I need this? Is it comfort? Is it, does I really like the taste? Do I like the way it feels? And just to take the shame out of it. And if you love eating a certain thing, bless it, please. Like whatever it is that you're eating, I have no judgment with anyone that's eating something that I'm not eating, but it's all about the conscious way of how we're nourishing our bodies and treating everything as medicine. Is alcohol medicine for you? If it is, cool. Like maybe that glass of wine is is medicine in that moment. Honor it, treat it like that. Maybe the coffee for you is that medicine. Maybe you love the, maybe you know there's a relationship with the grower and you've been to the coffee plantations or, you know, you know the story about the fair trade and it it maybe nourishes you. But if it's just this drug of, I need this stimulant, maybe you don't need it. Maybe you need to sleep more. Maybe you need to get more quality rest and relaxation and meditation in your life and then take that power nap and get back. So everything is about responsibility to yourself and your healing. 
and then blessing everything. The Native Americans bless their meat. They bless, they bless everything that they come into contact with. So if you're eating something that's, you know, everything's elemental from the earth, really understand where it comes from and give yourself that permission to indulge in something that tastes good and feels good for you without shame. Yeah. And you don't have to bless something in terms of like saying your prayers. and like Yeah, it can be easy. Doing, yeah. It's just like a thank you. Just like thank you for this nourishment. And, right, right. and telling yourself for me what helps is that when I eat out, dinners out or food out, and I don't know where the food came from and I don't know if it's organic or not, instead of always asking, is this organic and being that person, I just put my hands over it and I reiki it and I say this food is going to nourish me and it's going to sit well with my digestive system and give me the ability to serve and give my mm. gifts to the world. And I say that silently. I just put my hands over it for a second. And it's a kind of like raking and transmuting the energy because I don't know the people who prepared the food. They might have had stress and that stress can migrate into the food or the, or the you know, you have no idea sometimes. So just get, giving yourself that little blessing of like, okay, transmuting this energy, it's going to be great for me. Thank you. Yeah. Energetically, they say like the liver is, is associated with anger. Have you found that... Mm something similar happens with the thyroid? Absolutely. With the, with the thyroid, it's about self-expression and communication. It's where we speak, where we communicate. And a lot of times there's energetically a lot of inflammation around here when people aren't speaking their truth, when they're not doing the creative work in the world that they love, or when there's some sort of trauma and or when there's some sort of trauma in childhood and, and we didn't feel able to speak up and and share. Maybe there was some shame in what happened. So I noticed a lot of time with people, they felt like maybe they were even choked or strangled in a past life energetically. I found that with my own self too. And even as a child, I felt like I wanted to speak and sing more and I wanted to be more free. And there was something, some greater force that was keeping me contained. And also I was always in class, for example, I always knew the answers very smart. And the teachers were like, no, no, Fern, give someone else a try. No, no, Fern, put your hand down. Like, Give someone else a try. And I was just, I wanted to share. I wanted to know. I wanted to ask questions. And so I passed notes and, and talked in class and then got in trouble all the time for speaking. So I think that contributed a lot and then not feeling worthy to share my voice over time. And, over, and working in finance and having a boss that was like, no, no, Fern, like that's wrong, kind of squishing me down. And that's why the work that I do is so important for helping people to speak and be free and sing because for so long we've been told mm -mm, it's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe to be a healer. It's not safe to be, you know, because in past lives and in past, even in our generation, people were burned at the stake and, and ridiculed for being a, a witch or a healer or energy medicine woman. You know, people were like, hmm, that's woo woo. That's crazy. You know, it's kind of shameful. So it's now it's time to share the gifts and it's really healing when you're able to express yourself. The fear of what we can't see. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so learning that you're a vegan and knowing how important gut health is, I'm curious like about your use of probiotics and is that something that you endorse? And if so, what do you do as a vegan? Is it coconut, right? Yeah. So I, I do take uh, probiotics. There's vegan brands available. There's raw, something raw that I take and then another type called Love Bug, which are great. I use them traveling and then also kefir. So kefir grains, they're vegan and you can put them in purified water with a little bit of organic cane sugar and stir that up and then you grow the culture and just drink that water. 
And then also fermented coconut yogurt is great and kimchi, all of that, which I eat in Costa Rica just to keep my belly healthy, especially if you're doing a lot of enemas and colonics. So probiotics, huge. I love them. Yeah. Great. And I know that you have some products that you yourself have developed. Do you oh, want to yeah. talk to us and share a little bit? I'm yes. looking at some beautiful brown bottles on my kitchen table and they're, yeah, gorgeous gold tops. And I feel like I'm an Egyptian queen about to receive some anointing. So try this one. Thank you. This one's called Radiance and I developed this one for the thyroid for hormone balance. It's lemongrass, mm. frankincense, peppermint, rose geranium. And what I love about this one, you can you can draw it right on your thyroid gland, yeah. And what I love about that too is that it helps to prevent inflammation because those essential oils, all organic, sustainable, right? And it's very, oh, oh I it smell it from over amazing. here. Mm. Yeah. It's all, um, they're all anti-inflammatory and... I love essential oils because they are nature's medicine and they work and they create a memory and a feeling. And radiance, I also use with the affirmation, I am radiant. So as I apply it, I, I repeat, I am radiant, I am radiant. And all day, you know, if you're sitting in LA traffic or you're sitting whatever and you just need a little hit of sunshine, you've got this. And also you can rub it right on your belly and that also helps with bloating. So it's really great for for any of those who have those types of symptoms like brain fog, fatigue, gas, and it's perfect for traveling. And, and women have actually told me that using this on their thyroid every day, that nodules have even started to decrease. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And you can create some pressure and actually massage your glands too. Mm -hmm. Essential oils, they're powerful. They're so oh, cool. powerful. And I, I created that when I was going through my symptoms and was studying essential oils and aromatherapy and how we can use nature's medicine cabinet to heal ourselves. Yes. And so I started making these here in L.A., and hmm. now they're sold online on my website and then also in, in certain stores around LA, New York, mm -hmm. and now in Costa Rica. Beautiful. And another one that's an aphrodisiac. I make them in rollers and then also in serums. And this one you can put on your hair, your face, your body. It's called Grace. And it's made with patchouli and rose geranium and sandalwood. And this one's great if you have anxiety or trouble sleeping. A lot of women I give this to... I prescribe it, prescribes in quotes, but I give it to my women who have PCOS or endometriosis or... What's PCOS? Polycystic ovary symptom uh, syndrome. And that's super common. Super common. Well. And it's, it's, there's a lot of hormone work that I can go into next time. And um, with these oils, it helps promote your femininity. When I had PCOS, I was living in New York and it's a very masculine city. And I just remember that. And yeah, I rub this all on my wombs and my inner thighs and my shoulders and my heart. And um, what I realized is that when I was living in New York, I lost my feminine energy because it was such a masculine, you know, we have the grid system in the streets. It's concrete. You don't really see the sky. You don't see the ocean. It's like, know, one foot after the next in the concrete jungle. And when I finally started going, when I went to California and I started really tapping into my womanhood again, miraculously my body healed and I got my moon again and, and I became regular and, and synced up with the moon, especially in Costa Rica, I sync up with the moon. Mm -hmm. So with PCOS, your body is literally holding on to inflammation and, and a lot of unspressed femininity 
unexpressed or suppressed femininity is usually common. And so this oil I created and it helps women to really tap into that feminine nature again. It's also an aphrodisiac, which is sexy. Coming home, babe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Really quick, what does a high mean and what does the symbol mean? Oh, yes. Uh, it's a J. A J, a sorry. J. Well, no, it's totally O-J, fine. It's O-J. a J. OJ, it's a J. So in Gurmukhi, it means uh, invincible. So what I love about the brand is that you are invincible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's amazing to be able to um, wear something every day that gives you a reminder. Ajay is Gurmukhi. It's the language that we use in Kundalini Yoga, similar to Sanskrit. And you've probably heard of Jay or Jai in Sanskrit. Jai is victory. So it's also victorious. And the mandala, the symbol that's on here is the the Sri Yantra. And the Sri Yantra is the symbol of ultimate manifestation and the divine masculine and divine feminine coming together in union. So this helps to invoke your power and the power of the universe for co-creation and also for your truth so that you can manifest abundance and love and health and all the things. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. For an Olivia, I want to thank you. What a what a way to to head off to the airport. I can think of so mm. many other ways that you could be spending this time or that anybody could. And uh and it feels really it warms my heart that that you've chosen to come and be our guest today. Thank you. Thank you. You do online training. Do you do online sessions as well for clients? Yes, I do. So if you're listening and you feel called to work with me, you can go to thyroid.yoga or any of my websites. There's a link to healing sessions. I offer distance Reiki. I offer mentorship. I offer thyroid yoga sessions. And my favorite, oh, my favorite one that I offer is I help you design your personal sadhana, which is your personal routine with a specific kundalini yoga kriya. A kriya is sequence for either your thyroid, your adrenals, fertility, for your caliber, for your strength and communication. I mean, there's over 8,000 kriyas in kundalini yoga. So I help, I'm I'm an intuitive, so I just channel right in on what kriya you need. And then also specific mantra, sound current chanting, things to listen to, frequencies, all of that for you every day. And so I offer those sessions. They're my favorite. (laughs) And does your website also have a list of uh, practitioners that people can look into? That's a great idea. I have one for Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. On my Nosara Wellness Guide website, I have a a list of my recommended practitioners when you come to Costa Rica, and I set up personal healing sessions for you. If you come to stay with me or I set up a wellness retreat for you, I connect you with all the healers in town, the most amazing, best of the best who offer sessions. And it's really cool because the people there are true medicine women, medicine men. Most of them don't even have websites. So what's so cool is I connect the dots and set up these amazing experiences in the jungle with some of the most incredible tapped in, tuned in healing practitioners that I've ever met in the entire world. Awesome. But if uh, if people do want to get a hold of you and find out who might be available in their town, they could email you, right? And or your contact. Absolutely. There's a contact uh, tab on your website. Absolutely. And Olivia. I have I have com. very connected in the wellness world all over the world. So I have I have healers and medical practitioners and naturopaths in Germany and the United States and Australia. And I've been traveling so much. I'm traveling to Portugal this summer. I always meet the most incredible healers on my path and people that offer distance sessions as well. So I'm a resource. I'd love to connect people. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been an honor this morning. Thank you. It's so much so fun. So nice to meet you. Such yeah. a pleasure, Fern. Thank you so much. Thank you. Safe travels. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.